Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Christopher Shapeo. I'm the pastor at Every Nation, Bintuk, and uh, this is our church online. As you are aware, over the past couple of weeks, our church has had to go on our various platforms in light of the different uh, measures that government is taking in order to ensure that they are prudent concerning the whole coronavirus uh, pandemic that we're facing. I want to encourage you to please join us on our various platforms. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, switch on the notification button so that you can be aware of everything that we're posting. And then also follow us on Facebook and also on uh, Instagram as well. And so I really want to welcome every one of you who is not part of our church, but you're joining us on uh, on the online platform here. And uh, we bless you and we hope that you're going to enjoy your time with us. And uh, please remember that we've got many materials that we're going to share. And also uh, our prayer is also going to come online, devotions. And our responsibility as leaders is to ensure that during this time of difficulty, you are fully encouraged and ministered to because church is not the bricks and the walls of the building, but church is you and I. And this is the fellowship that we're enjoying. So I'd like to pray before we go into our message this morning. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that your word is not bound and your word is not in chains. I thank you, Lord, that this morning we're able to share the word of God and that it will minister to hearts in different homes throughout this nation and wherever it may go. I pray, God, that people's hearts will be transformed because of your word. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you open our hearts and our eyes to what you want to do in Jesus name. Amen. And so if you don't understand the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, you're liable to end up acting more and relating to God as a Jew rather than as a Christian. And it is so important that you understand this difference because it literally separates the Bible into two parts. And so once we understand that there's a New Testament, the question is what is a testament and what is a covenant? And a covenant has two elements which are significant. One, words and vows and pronouncements that are spoken. And secondly, there is blood to be exchanged. The pronouncements have to do with the agreement and the contract between the two persons. But what makes it a blood covenant is that if this covenant is broken, blood must be shed. And God looks at blood as if it contains life. Let's look here at Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So that means that when God is dealing with blood in the sacrifices of the Old Testament and instituting instituting covenants, it actually means that there is an exchange of lives that is taking place here. There is an exchange of lives. If somebody brings into this very room a bucket full of blood and you ask them whose blood is this, you can assume safely that if the person's blood is here, that means that that person's life is literally here because they no longer live. And so when God looks at blood, blood has life. Blood has life. Secondly, the blood of Jesus has God's life. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11 to 12. It says, and this is a testimony 
that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. This is so important. Eternal life is the very life of God. The Bible calls it Zoe. It's the God kind of life. And Jesus Christ was the embodiment of life. The word of God says the life was manifested and we beheld him. And it's so important that you realize that this Jesus, who was the son of God, carried the life of God. The Bible says that his mother was a virgin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He carried the life of God. And that meant that the blood that he carried was the very blood which had God's life. And the gospel and the good news is that this blood was shed and it was not kept with Jesus. It actually means that God sent his son with his life in order to share and pour it out. This is what was happening when Jesus said, this is the testament in my blood. And he was beginning to institute a new covenant because the old one was inferior. The old covenant was, was weaker. Not in that it was, it was a bad covenant or there's anything wrong with the law. The problem was that it was a covenant that was held between man and God. And whenever you have that kind of situation, man was failing and failing and had to face death because of the nature of the covenant. But Jesus came and instituted the new covenant in his blood and he did it between him as a representative for mankind and his father. Meaning you have two perfect parties having an agreement, having a commitment, having vows and blood is shed, and it's not the blood of bulls and goats and animals, but it's the blood of the eternal Son of God. This is awesome. Number three. So firstly, blood has life. Number two, blood, the blood of Jesus has God's life. And then number three, blood speaks. Blood testifies. This is amazing. When I was reading the scriptures and I realized this, this is amazing. It almost means that the, the life of a person that God has placed in them has utterance in the realm of the spirit. There's a message coming forth from blood. Let's read here in Genesis chapter 4 verse 10. It says, and the Lord said, this was what, ha what happened here is Abel and Cain. They went to make sacrifices to God. God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. And Cain got upset and he killed his brother. And God came to Cain and asked him, where is your brother? In verse 10, it says, and the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. The voice of blood is crying to me from the ground. And today we're asking, there's power in the blood. We're talking about the blood covenant. We're talking about the blood of Jesus in the context of, of uh, Passover and how it begins to affect the earth, affect our lives, change what Adam did to the, to the human race and to creation. And the centrality of it all has to do with the blood that was shed by Jesus. If Jesus had not shed blood, that means he had not given his life. And so the blood 
testifies. We see that from Genesis chapter 4. We also see from the book of Luke where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and saying, you are the ones who killed the prophets and you will have to answer. You will have to answer for the blood of Abel all the way to the blood of Zechariah, the prophet, because the blood speaks. When God is responding in judgment, it's because of the bloodshed that goes on on a nation, the bloodshed that is going on in the earth. And then number four, the blood of Jesus speaks and testifies. So it's not a generality just that all blood speaks and Abel's blood was speaking. But here we see that the blood of Jesus also testifies. Look here with me at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. And it says, and to Jesus, the mediator. Now verse 12 says, we've all come to Mount Sinai. We've come to the, the church of the firstborn. We've come to the multitude of angels. We've come, and, and, and he speaks about how we've come to, to God's mountain, Mount Zion, actually. And so then in verse Verse 24, he says, and we've come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. A mediator is someone that goes between two parties that are at war and tries to reconcile them. And the Bible says that Moses was a mediator of the old covenant. And he was a go-between between two opposing parties because the Bible says that they, they, they became enemies of God. And so now Jesus is a mediator of a new covenant. And it says, and we've come to the sprinkled blood, which speaks the sprinkled blood of Jesus, which speaks of mercy, a better and nobler and more gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. Hallelujah. So this means that the blood of Jesus speaks, but it speaks a different message in the earth. When someone is murdered on the earth, they cry for vengeance. They cry for justice. But the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed, the innocent blood of the Son of God that was shed, was crying out for mercy and was crying out for love for the rest of the world. This is awesome. This is why the blood of Jesus is unlike any other blood. There are many people, I know that in our communities, many sacrifices get made. You go to some kind of witch doctor or you go to somebody, even the Satanists, they understand this thing. They know that the life is in the blood. If you're going to join the gang, you have to murder someone. Why? Because there is an initiation that has to take place and the sacrifice is a life. And so many people are engaging in this exchange of blood. And they don't realize that these are realities of the spirit because God has set it so. And when Jesus came on the earth to shed his blood, he came to pour out his very life to reconcile us back to God because his blood was effective enough to do so. And so the blood of Jesus testifies even today. It says we've come to the sprinkled blood which speaks of mercy. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how dark your past. The blood of Jesus is able to speak for you. The blood of Jesus is able to testify on your behalf and cry out for mercy. And this is the blood that speaks louder. It speaks louder than any other voice, than any other blood in the realm of the spirit. Hallelujah.
You remember in Egypt on the night of the Passover, God told the people of Israel, I will come into Egypt and death will begin to destroy the firstborn son. You go into your house, slaughter a lamb and then put the blood on the doorposts and on the lintels. And he said, if I see the blood, I will pass over you and no harm will come into the home. In the same way, when Jesus came, he shed his blood because he took the punishment, he took the pain, he took all the scourgings and the wrath of God upon himself so that we may receive mercy. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then number five, the blood atones. Atonement means you are making something that was wrong, you're making it right. If there's a debt, you're paying it off. You're ratifying it. It is so important, this principle of atonement. From the scriptures, we understand that Jesus' blood comes to be able to pay a price. Because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. But only because he shed his blood. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 17 Verse 11, it's the same verse that we read earlier. It says in verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar. This is God speaking to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. The word of God says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There is no removal of sins. Many people are going around and asking God to forgive them, especially nowadays with coronavirus, you have to probably do all your confessions and everything, make it, make it right. Many people go around asking God for forgiveness. Asking God for forgiveness does not remove sins. Let me repeat that. You might be religious and shocked. You've never heard this, but that's true. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness is in the atonement. It is not in the asking. That is why it's no use being religious, asking God, Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, please forgive me again. Oh, forgive me. Forgive me, God, please. And we beg God for forgiveness. The begging of forgiveness does not deal with our sins. What deals with our sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the blood, there would be no forgiveness. All the asking can come. Without the shedding of blood, there would be no such thing. You will notice that Israel, in their history, the only time whenever they were attacked by enemies is when they worshipped idolatrous gods. When they worshipped other gods, false gods. And the reason was not because God necessarily, he, which he is, he is a jealous God. But it wasn't because of his jealousy that destruction came in. But because when they worshipped other gods, they stopped making the sacrifices of Yahweh. And it is in the sacrifices where the atonement was, where the covering was, where the blessing was. As much, it, it even makes one think, okay, if they worshipped idolatrous gods, as long as they came back to do the sacrifices of Yahweh and blood was shed on, and sprinkled, maybe there would be an atonement still. 
And so it is really important that we realize as believers that it's not a function of our how, how much we ask for forgiveness and ask for forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But now in the New Testament, we have forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. According to what Christ has done, we have forgiveness of sins. This is why in the New Testament, we are forgiven of all our sins, past, present, and future. And this is a big, big, big truth for many to accept. But it is true. Why? Because it was not forgiveness on the basis of our performance. It is forgiveness on the basis of the blood of Jesus Christ, which completely dealt with our sins. It says here in Leviticus that the blood is an atonement. It is an exchange. Your life for the life of the Lamb. You will notice that even in the Old Testament, when the, when the worshippers would come, the, the priest would look at them and say to them, yes, you've sinned. Okay, come to the temple and bring a sacrifice. When he brings a sacrifice, the priest will inspect the sacrifice, not him. He will inspect the representative, the lamb, see if it has any broken bones, see if there's anything wrong with it. If the lamb is perfect, then the man is accepted. But if the lamb is imperfect, then the man is not accepted. And in the same way, Jesus' perfection qualifies us before God. And God is looking at Christ to perfect us and not at us to qualify his son. Hallelujah. So the blood atones, blood atones. This is why many times our kids are around and friends of theirs are saying, no, let's be blood brothers, you know. You cut yourself here, I cut myself there, and we mix our blood. You need to be careful of those kind of things. Why? Because blood has an influence in the realm of the spirit. Even for people who who demonize, not demonize, but they, they look down on virginity. I'm telling you, there's something about virginity. Why? Because what happens in the, in the marriage bed, in that first encounter, is that blood flows. It is a spiritual transaction that is taking place there. So when God says, do not engage in that outside of marriage, he is telling you, pre- Preserve yourself from spiritual covenants and spiritual bonds that begin to destroy the very life of men and women. Why? Because life is in the blood. And so the blood of Jesus atones eternally. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful thing. You ask other religions, are you certain about your salvation? Are you sure? Do you have an assurance? Are you sure that if you die today, you are right with God? For the believer, for the Christian, it is a full 100% yes. If it is not, then they are probably not persuaded concerning the gospel. Then they are probably looking at something else except the blood. During the time that the angel of death was passing through Egypt and the Passover lamb was slaughtered and people were hiding in the houses with their lentils painted with blood. It didn't matter who was in the house, what they did that week. As much as it's important to live a righteous life, self-righteousness is not the path to salvation. The blood of Jesus saves. Let's look here at Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. It says, not with the blood of bulls, not with the blood of goats and calves, 
but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. Once for all, having obtained what? Eternal redemption. Not partial redemption. And the, the writer of Hebrews here is speaking about how the blood of Jesus is superior to the blood of the animals and the, and the goats and the calves that were used in the old covenant. The new covenant is under the blood of Jesus, the eternal son of God. Now, what is the effect of me believing this? One of the keys one of the keys that the book of Hebrews gives us concerning the importance of believing in the blood is that it gives us a clear conscience. Hallelujah. A clear conscience. It says in the book of Hebrews that those sacrifices, if they managed to take away sins, they would not have been sacrificed over and over repeatedly. But they were done repeatedly because they did not work. They did not manage to remove sins. But this Jesus, he did one sacrifice once and he's not going to the cross again for your other sins. He did it once and for all so that in our hearts we can have confidence that we are forgiven, that we are redeemed, that we are saved because of the blood of Jesus and not because of our own righteousness, not because of our own efforts, but our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, our faith in the sacrifice and in the atonement of the cross of Jesus Christ. When you begin to believe this, that is when the Holy Spirit begins to bear its fruit in your life. And when the enemy wants to try his best to put your confidence in yourself instead of Jesus Christ. Family, I'm here to tell us right now that God loves us. <laughs> he not only sent his son as a messenger, and Jesus could have come, lived a righteous life, preached a good message, and gone back to heaven, preserving his life. But he sent his son in order to die, to pour out his very blood on a cross. And when he poured out his blood on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is fully paid. It is is settled, settled in heaven and on earth. It is settled. And this is the good news that we have in a world full of COVID-19 and coronavirus and lockdowns and don't do this and don't do that. We have an anchor for our soul. We have salvation in our hearts. We have something beyond the grave. We have a joy that cannot be quenched. We have a hope that cannot be deserted. We have Jesus Christ who not only died on the cross, but three days later, he was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Now, many of us don't know or haven't noticed this part from Jesus' resurrection story. I want to encourage you during the time of Passover, if you're watching any of the Jesus movies, try and see if you notice after Jesus is raised from the dead and Mary goes to the tomb 
And she looks inside and the angel say, why are you looking for him? And she says, where, where did you lay my master? And then Jesus speaks to her. And when he speaks to her, she tries to embrace him. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't touch me because I have not yet, yet gone to my father. What is he saying there? Because later on, when he appears among his disciples, and Thomas was there, he said to Thomas, what? Touch me, right here. <laughs> Put your hand here, touch me here in the halls. Why is it that he said, touch me there, and then when Mary wanted to touch him, he said, I haven't yet gone up to my father. It is because Jesus actually, after his resurrection, ascended, ascended, to heaven, to sprinkle heaven and the mercy seat with his powerful, precious blood. This is awesome. It is such good news that Jesus Christ shed his blood, gave his life as a ransom for many. And today, as we're going into the time of Passover, I really want to encourage each one of us to begin to rejoice. Hallelujah. This is not a time of sadness. As much as we are watching the Jesus movie and he's been crucified and we cry and then he's resurrected and we're excited because uh, somehow we don't remember the scene from the last time we watched it. But this is a time to celebrate. When you look at your family, when you look at your loved ones, when you look at your friends, those who don't know Jesus, the blood of Christ was shed for them as well. He is the atonement of the whole world, not just of the Christians. But the problem is that this blood is only effectual when you put your faith in it. Many times I remember preaching on the streets on university campus and speaking to people and they say, no, I believe in Jesus. And I would tell them, imagine going up in an aeroplane and while you're at the top and you went skydiving and you say, I believe in the parachute. I totally believe in it. And you jump without putting it on. It's the same way that many people tend to believe in Jesus. It doesn't change their composition. It doesn't change their life. They don't put on Christ. And I want to encourage each one of you. You may be watching me wherever you are. You might be at home. You might be at work. You might be alone. You might be in a crisis. You might be in a situation. I want to tell you that there's somebody who loved you enough that they didn't just come to give a message. They came to shed blood. They poured out their life for you. And that person is Jesus Christ. He is alive today. He lives and he's changing lives all over the world. And you have hope in him as well. And you might say, yeah, but I need to sort some things out before I can come to God. No, there's only one person that can wash you and forgive you of all your sins. The word of God says in Isaiah, though your sins be as crimson, dark as scarlet, let us reason together. They will be white as snow. His blood purifies us, purifies us inside, outside. He changes our mindset. He makes peace between us and God. I want to encourage you. If you are watching us in this broadcast and you have not given your life to Christ before, you might be a religious person or not. It doesn't matter. 
you need to have that day when you said, I am going to put on Christ. I'm going to surrender my life to this Jesus. I'm going to give all my hope, all my trust, the same way I trust in a parachute, that I hold on to him only for my salvation, that he is the source of my relationship with God, my righteousness. If you are that person and you, you have not made that decision, today is your day. Today is your day. God has me speaking to you for a reason. I see someone, you're going through a divorce and you're challenged in your marriage and you're prioritizing that crisis. And God is saying, but you have not even yet started your relationship with me. And I want to speak to you and say, Jesus is your hope. Turn to him and he will give you hope. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. Just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your life. Thank you for your blood. Thank you that you died for me. I know that I'm a sinner. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive eternal life today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe after three days you were raised from the grave and you are alive. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Save me where I am. Use my life. Transform me. And I will serve you all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please make contact with us through our channels, through the phone numbers that you might find on our website as well as on this channel. I really want to encourage you that that faith, that childlike faith in Christ is what starts everything. The blood of Jesus has done all the work. All you need to do is receive it in your heart by faith. And so I want to speak to all of us as a church, those of us who are part of our church. I want to encourage you this time in, in Passover and Easter, as they call it, it's time to preach the gospel. If you buy Easter eggs, go ahead, whatever you want. But remember, whoever you give it to, share with them that there is blood that was shed for them. That somebody loved them so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. Share with your neighbors, share with your teachers. This is a brilliant time to share the gospel because everyone is looking for answers because the world is, seems to be falling apart. But Jesus is the only anchor. He is the faithful one that we can trust. In. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, continue watching our, our platforms, subscribe to our YouTube channel, put on that notification button, join us and like us on the Facebook and on Instagram as well. And also join our prayer meetings and the live feeds during the week and just be a part of the community. Understand the church has not closed. We are open and we are sharing the gospel all over because Jesus already paid the price. I want to speak a blessing over you. There's someone else here. I, I hear God is healing people's knees. Somebody, you, you've got these terrible knees. God is, is touching you and healing you. Please let us know uh, your testimonies. And I see somebody that's really at uh, the verge of committing suicide. God is speaking hope to you and saying, give your life to Christ. He will ch change everything. And so, Father, we bless your people. We declare that they will prosper even in this time. We thank you, Lord, that fear will be far from them. Oppression will be far from them. 
and that they will prosper even in this time. I speak the grace of God over them. I declare that the blood of Jesus is their strength. And I thank you, Lord, that over the next few weeks, that revelation will continue to break open in their hearts as they hear the truth of God's word. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed, have a blessed Sunday, and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.